Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Talking to girls is hard. Oh, I know. I am a girl. Talking to me is hard. But I'm going to make it easier for you because I am your banter coach, the go-to banter guru, your banter bitch, your no-wit-all, the one who's going to teach you how to get her to respond, how to be charismatic, how to say witty things, and how to never run out of things to say. But how am I going to teach you all of these things? Simple. I have done this now hundreds of times, and I have step-by-step instructions, fail-proof methods, exercises, and tons more that'll get you communicating in a way she can't resist. So go to kristinandchill.com to get banter coaching like you cannot find anywhere else. I promise you there's nothing else like this that exists in the world. You've got quite a special diamond here. So use this special diamond to help you find your special diamond so that you can buy her a diamond. And yeah, okay. Anyway, go to kristinandchill.com. I can't wait to see you there. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into how your past beliefs and past programming from even when you were three years old is now dictating how you date, how you see women, and how you view yourself. And we also talk about how to shift those beliefs, shift those stories and reprogram your brain so that you can pull in beautiful women, wonderful women and amazing experiences with these amazing, beautiful women. Anyway, I'm rambling on, but keep listening. It's an awesome episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast, the best podcast out there. I'm sure you guys already knew that. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, of course, with Marty Kinris. And today we have a dating expert who will help you get your dating mojo back, Domini Drew. I love that little slogan. I'm jealous. <laughs> hey, Domini. I love her name. So Too. I know all of it together is just like, it's perfection. So it's very, very nice. So welcome to our show. And I just want to say for two seconds before we start talking to you and hearing your lovely voice, 
I actually just did a session with Dominique before, like an hour before we started <laughs> doing our podcast. And by session, do you mean... I don't know. What do I mean, comedian? <laughs> Insert joke here. I don't know. It sounded dirty. You doing? I know. We had our lady? session together. Well, you'll hear about what she does, but it was, it was short. It was short. She's really a man. <laughs> She's really a man. No, we had a wonderful mm-hmm. hour session just to help me relax and get into my space and just figure out what's going on. And oh. Dominique gave me some like wonderful, actionable advice that I have difficulty getting from other people. That's the way that I provide my advice as well and guidance and coaching. And it's nice to meet somebody else who coaches very similarly to how I coach, but I rarely have anybody coaching me in that method. So it's extremely helpful. This is such a humble brag. Like she's so good. She's just like me. Just like me. Exactly. <laughs> she's, my she level. is a second version of me, just for everybody to know. But anyway, I'm going <laughs> to let Dominique get on and talk about herself. But I just wanted to like say that she's fantastic. That is my point before introducing her. So she is on our show. She's going to start talking now. Why don't you tell people who you are, what you do, what you specialize in, and then we'll get into some nitty gritty questions and answers with you. Well, basically, you've already said I was fantastic and that's all I was going to say. So we could just right. kind of skip. Right. That's for Show's you. over. Show's <laughs> over. It's over. That's all you need to know. So yeah, I'm in the dating field as well. I help single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And I've done that now for several years. The work that I now teach, I've done for almost 20 I started when I was quite young and it has completely changed my life. My outlook, my mindset, my physical body is completely different than it used to be. How I feel, my happiness level, my, my loneliness, my confidence, my self-worth, all of the insecurities that I have, everything is just turned around so completely. I now live this life that I often think me 10, 15 years ago wouldn't even believe possible for myself because I was just wrapped in insecurity. I was so... You know, I hated myself, I had all this self-loathing, all these issues and problems with myself. And I did this work and I did this work and I did this work and I am just completely transformed. And so I'm incredibly passionate about it because I've seen... It's not just me. I've seen it transform thousands of people. And so I now teach that and I'm just incredibly passionate about it because it, it just... It works. Like so much stuff out there is like really good information. You like learn something about yourself, but it doesn't really create any change in your life. Yeah. And this fucking changes you. And like... Also, what is this? What is this? Because I, I want to get a better understanding of what this is for the people that are listening. Yeah. So it's a process of essentially identifying and eliminating underlying beliefs that are subconscious that are self-sabotaging. So basically every single one of my beliefs... Yes, I will be right. beliefless. Kristen, for sure. <laughs> yeah, have no like, beliefs after this. Best thing that you could possibly hope for is to be beliefless. Yeah. Because <laughs> beliefs are like impressions you have on the, on the world. It's like the, you color it with your past experiences. It doesn't exist in the here and now. So in this moment, if you were to just be in this moment, you don't have any beliefs. You don't need to. You just are. There's an incredible I, freedom in that instead of all the stories going on in your head all the time. Yeah. Well, so how do some of these stories ruin it for some guys and their dating lives? Why is it fucking things up for them with women? Honestly, it could look like anything. I was just writing uh, a section on images, right? Because I'm, I'm writing a new program, I'm writing this new 12-week program that I'm super excited about and it's awesome. And so I'm writing this section on images. And so images are like when you experience a, a kind of a trauma when you're a kid, right? And even if you had a perfect childhood, you experienced some kind of trauma as a kid, which is basically like, feeling like you can't handle the situation or like the life and death situation from the perspective of the child, which if you think about a child is not that hard, right? It's not that hard to 
threaten the life of a child. If you leave them alone long enough, they'll die on their own, right? If nobody helped them. So the child has this experience, gets scared, and then makes a, a generalization about life. I'm not good enough. People will leave me. The world isn't safe. And what children do is they generalize it to their whole life experience. And so that assumption then lodges in the body and you literally grow up around it. You literally grow up into your adult life as if it's true. And so then after that experience, that baby, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years later comes into my office or one of your guys' office and is like, man, I can't figure out why all the women I date leave me. Are all women in my life, they tend to leave. And we go, great, okay, let's start there. We go back and we find that belief, which is what's called an image. And so how would it fuck you up? So you're a guy, you see a, a woman and walk into the room, she's wildly attractive, right? So your initial instinct is attraction, which is like literally pulling. It's literally being attracted to each other, right? And then bam, a belief sets in, oh, I'm not good enough for her. Here's how you know that's an image and not truth. How do you know? You've never met this woman. What does good enough for her even mean? Right? You carry around in your head, I'm not good enough. Good enough for what? Good enough for her? Good enough to approach her physically? Good enough to be in her physical space? Maybe she's a horrible person. Maybe she's like ragingly horrible person. What does good enough mean? And how could you possibly know? Because outside of your opinion of yourself, there is no better or worse type of person. I want to jump in real quick. I never really watch TED Talks because I just... Uh, dignity. Everyone watches TED Talks. It's so self-helpy. But I do really like them occasionally when I see them. And this guy <laughs> recently but said... But I like them. They're helpful. But I, but, I, but I like them because I have no backbone. So I won't stick to the image that I want. But this guy said the key to a successful relationship is thinking both of you aren't good enough for one another. What do you think about that? Is that almost too negative sounding? But he said he feels constantly enthralled and like excited to be around his wife because he feels like she's way too good for him. And then she says the exact same thing about him. And so they're constantly almost fighting for each other's attention or trying to continually be good enough for one another. Is that positive in your mind or is that negative in your mind? Yeah, that's more of like a technique. So what that will do is, is create exactly the kind of connection that you just described where you're always kind of moving towards each other, which for a relationship is probably great. But it's got to create a lot of underlying nervousness or unsettledness or something. It might, but the difference is that it's not an image because it's conscious. So an image is an assumption that you, you have about the world. Uh, you just named like three of them just in that little moment when you, when you spoke, when you were like, well, I have no backbone, so I can't do, I can't <laughs> think of it. Or it's stupid because it helps you and other people like it and that makes it... You know what I mean? And so yeah. if they're in your language. And actually, language is a great place to notice them because you can start to hear, well, I'm, I'm sort of this type of person. So even in that sort of little offhand kind of dismissive comment, a little neural pathway is reinforced. Yeah. Right? Big ones. Big ones. Big, huge ones now. Yeah. Now that I'm in my late 30s. 24. Yeah. 20, 24 <laughs> minus 4. So 20. Out of right. 20. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it does. It creates it, those pathways and they just build, 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 build and erode away at the land around them. So they keep getting bigger. And so the longer that you keep the images that you have, the beliefs about yourself, the beliefs about others, women, what women are like, what men are like, what people are like, and the images about life or God or whatever, you know, however it is that you see the world, the longer you let them go, the, the harder they are to get out of because the, you've just reinforced That's what makes a habit. You keep doing the same thing and you create neuropathways, 
it's easier to do that neuropathway than to do a different one. But when they're subconscious, it's about your safety, right? So at some point in your life, let's say your mother left. And as a child, a small child, you decided... The conclusion you drew from that, the only thing you can conclude because you don't understand really why she left is, I'm not enough. That's not an A equals B. This is just an example. A happens all the time and you might get B through Z as a result. But let's say the result is, I'm not good enough, right? I'm not enough. So now when you see every woman and you hear that in your, in your head, your system is trying to keep you safe. Well, I'm not going to get vulnerable and get left again. So I would rather just assume that I'm not enough and not have this happen than experience again what I experienced when I was a child. But here's the thing. By definition, you can never experience again what happened to you when you were a child because you're not three. So even if your mother left you now, that would be a painful thing but you'd survive it. You wouldn't think all women do today. You'd be like, oh my God, this horrible thing happened. And you would feel the pain, which you felt you couldn't do. You didn't have the capacity to do when you were a child. So we literally go through pretty much all of every single day defending ourselves against something that by definition can't ever happen again. Interesting. So How fucking crazy is that? Yeah. No, it is crazy. When you think about it happening again, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where it reinforces that you're imagination that it can happen again, right? Yeah. Because you're afraid it's going to happen again. So you're defending against it. Well, I'm not going to approach her because I don't want to have, I don't want to get left like that. Well, okay. So now you're single, but of course your, your system, these subconscious beliefs are so deep in the subconscious. That's like the, the area of like safety, right? So your system's like, well, kind of fuck you. Like my job is to keep you safe. And that could have killed you when your mother left when you were a kid. It couldn't have in this day and age, but instinctually, that's what you know to be true because we're the same creatures now evolutionarily as we have been for since we were in nomadic tribes. So the instinct is still, if I get left, I will die. Because back in those days, ostracization from the nomadic tribe meant death. That's why we travel in groups. So the, the same thing gets triggered. You're like, man, what's the big deal about getting rejected from women? Oh, I don't know. Because you're associating it with all this shit. Right? We were joking around the beginning about the best thing is to not have any beliefs. That's because if you have no beliefs, and which is really just an assumption about life, right, or about people or yourself, and a beautiful woman walks in, you'll just think, ah, beautiful woman. Huh. Because that's all that really exists. That's gonna register for you, exactly. Yes. Everything else is story in your head. Right. So how I mean, this is a common theme that we've been talking about on our podcast. There's been different experts that have come on and they all have their own unique way of shifting these stories and these beliefs that are built into your system or programmed into your system. So with the system that you use, how long does it actually take to go from, she's too good for me to, oh, there's a beautiful woman. How do you actually do that shifting? Because that's a big story to tell yourself. Like, How can you actually eliminate that belief? Because I know that you said, obviously the clients that you worked with have had those results and you yourself have had those results, how can you eliminate that old programming and continue with it being gone? Like, is that possible to do? Or is it something you're constantly battling to reprogram? No, constant battling means you're in the image, not without it. Once you let it go, it's not there anymore. I could look for my into my system right now and look for all the insecurities. I'm going to look for some self-loathing. I'm going to look for the part that hates my body. And it's not there. It doesn't exist anymore. It's flat out not true for me. So how do you let go? How do you... It's like, I have a, my phone in my hand right now. I can never let this go. 
Hmm. And it almost seems like that's as hard as letting your phone go. It's like not fun. I don't love being on my phone. It's a painful experience a lot of the time, but yet I choose to pick it up just like with the negative images. How do you just put the motherfucking phone down for once and for all? So what would happen if you put the phone down? You know what actually happens in my head when I put the phone down is all this stuff is going to happen to me. It's a personal kind of thing. It's going to happen. Someone's going to say something bad about me on the internet. I'm not going to be there to defend it. I need to be constantly on guard to fend off like potential intruders, quote unquote, who kind of come in and try to attack. And that, I think, for me, stems from when I was in high school and being picked on all the time. I was in constant protection mode. I was ready to go to defend myself and who I was constantly. So most people probably wouldn't answer that with the phone, but that's definitely one part of it. And then the other part would be a disconnect from the world in terms of, I'm isolated a lot. And this is the one way I have a view into the world. And all of a sudden, if I let go of that view, where's the world going to go without me? So those are probably the two things keeping me picking up my phone and probably the same exact things that are keeping me having those pathways, which I've actually worked on. And those pathways aren't as strong as they used to be. But they're there for comedy's sake and for the podcast sake because it makes me more interesting. Because without I, my bad pathways, I know. Since I'm boring. she's been doing self-help, she's so <laughs> dull. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm worried about. So I hang on to the neuroses just for the entertainment value. Thank really. you. Well, I appreciate it. And so does our audience. So. They better. It's ruining my life. So I love this. Your <laughs> self-awareness and your comfort with saying what's true for you, which maybe may have come from the, the art of comedy. You're incredibly self-aware. So you just named like three or four things right there. All of those patterns you just listed are causing a lot of difficulty in your life and they are utterly unnecessary. They are completely fixable. So the need to defend yourself while it feels very important in your field, and I wouldn't say this if you came to me and were like, hey, I want to work this out and be like, oh, that doesn't exist. It's illusory. Okay? If someone says something bad about you online, it's not really going to hurt you. Right. And that's what you all of a sudden realize. And it's the same with men when they approach a woman. If she says, no, she's not interested, it's really not going to hurt you. It's the same it really has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the holding on is a result of you feeling the opposite. You are creating, especially if, and I imagine it started before high school as well, you're maintaining the illusion, right? Because it seems really logical. It makes a lot of sense. The question to ask for the way out of it, right, is what would happen if I didn't defend myself? Yeah, it's a empowering when you realize well, she's asking you, answer, answer the question. No, nothing. And I know that. And so that's where I think I've kind of gotten better with my pathways is that I've realized nothing will happen. Right, you know it here, but you don't believe it or you wouldn't have any fear of it, right? So your head, and this is where you have to kind of watch yourself. If you're either familiar with like personal development work type of stuff or you're very, very smart, your mind will give you the right answer, but it doesn't matter. The lack of knowledge is not your problem, right? The problem is that it goes so much deeper and your body knows, knows that something bad's going to happen if somebody says something about you online. So if I were working with you on this, I wouldn't just ask you that directly because right now we're all in kind of a mental space and you will answer with your head. You already know what your head's going to say. Your head's not causing the problem. If we dive down... I do it by like following the breath. I just use that to get somebody into their body because otherwise you'll just keep repeating the same sort of mental hamster wheel that you always tell yourself and you nothing will shift. The shift happens by coming down into your body and feeling it. Okay, once you're quiet and down there, then the question comes, what would happen if you don't defend yourself? Nothing. Well, I was on vacation all week and 
I was on my phone a bit, but not as much as usual. And it was a reinforcement that nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Still though, your system thinks there is or it wouldn't cling. Mm -hmm. Your body has way more information, wisdom, knowledge than your brain does. Your brain's mostly stories and information. And you're not short on either of those two things. Something is much deeper than your brain. Something, of course, you know nothing's going to happen. It's a phone. You'd be fine. You know, somebody writes a bad thing, not no big deal. But it's triggering something deeper in you. And that tells you that there's something else there because otherwise it wouldn't be a compulsion. You wouldn't need it. Well, this has kind of been become a reality and a reality for me. I never realized this until recently. What I feel like occasionally, not all the time, but some of the time is either if it's with someone talking shit about me on the internet or dating, if I feel like the bad thing happened, I get the exact same physical sensation that I do when I'm in an airplane in turbulence. Mm. Like I'm about to die. Mm -hmm. And so it is something deeper. It is physical. It's a survival mechanism. And that was so interesting to discover recently. And all of a sudden I felt like I had more control, Mm -hmm. which was empowering and cool, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which is absolutely empowering and cool, which is why I really wanted the guys who listen to this show to listen to what Dominique has to say. Because again, I know we've talked about it several times about how to change your beliefs, but I really just think like she has a very unique way of working with these beliefs in past programming. And I know that you had said today we were going to talk about how we sabotage ourselves in the dating world and how and why we keep manifesting repetitive patterns in life and dating, kind of like what Christian was just talking about. And so you had said that the solution for all of this is being authentic. It's the solution for how to match with the best person. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that because Christian has just reinforced the fact that there are patterns for every single person that tend to have a self-sabotage for ourselves. So how do we actually shift from sabotaging great things in our lives, which most people do, to being authentic and getting what it is that we want or even being vulnerable? Like even for me, that term is kind of tough recently because Christian was just vulnerable. I'm a very vulnerable person. You're a very vulnerable person. But in many ways, a lot of our vulnerability and authenticity may not actually get us what we want. So I'd like to hear your take on this and how being authentic and being vulnerable can actually produce positive results for a person. Yeah, I don't know that a person can be said to be more vulnerable than another overall. What you said is that Kristen was just very, very vulnerable, which is very true. She was able to open, she showed herself, right? A lot of people I have clients I'm working with right now are afraid to show themselves. Right? They don't want to be seen. If I'm seen, then you'll catch them. It is always an image when you, when the, the phrase, if blank, then blank. That always shows you an image. If I'm vulnerable, I'll get hurt. If I show myself, I'll get rejected. And you can't know that. It's always another way to see an image. Images seem to be the, the theme we're going with or the theme I'm going with today. The images are if blank, then blank. Or women... Oh man, right? All women seem, seem to leave you. And so, okay, women aren't as into commitment anymore. It's like, that's a statement about all women. You can't make that statement because you haven't asked them all. So until you've gone one-to-one, you know... Like knocking on doors, right? Nor- exactly. Knocking on doors, then it's an assumption. You're, you're generalizing. It's a childlike way of thinking. But it's very, very common. It's actually the part of you that's actually literally stuck in childhood. Another reason why so much change happens when you start to clear them, because literally the parts of you that are stuck 
as children that gets that gets kind of like frozen melts integrates in your body and you literally grow up so your thinking tends to be more straightforward tends to be more clear it tends to be more relevant like what's actually happening as opposed to these sort of like generalizations right that are more childlike I don't know if that makes sense to your audience or not, but as a little bit more, more of an advanced. It makes sense to me. Who cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> so the way through is to find them, right? When you, Chris, and again, you just demonstrated this beautifully. You just said, oh, once I realized that that was that turbulence feeling, I felt more empowered, right? Mm-hmm. So even becoming aware of it, because these are, these are unconscious things. By definition, they're unconscious because if they were conscious, you would have fixed them by now, right? Right. So once you became aware of it, oh, I know what this means. I'm associating these two things. Trigger came down. Yeah. It's also probably linked to something else. So then it will come down that much. And then pretty soon it won't even occur to you. I had it's so funny as you mentioned right now, because it's something I also used to be really worried about. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I had a client or somebody, I can't remember who it was, post something really negative on my page and I didn't even see it. And a week later, he apologized and he took down the thing that he's like, I'm sorry, I took down the negative posts that I made on your page. And I didn't even know that he'd put one. <laughs> right, that's amazing. That's <laughs> the best. Like, totally out of my life experience. Yeah. As opposed to when I first started, when it was like, oh, I'm looking at these things on my ads. Like, all these nasty. Yeah. You know, you want to let that stop you or not. That's the option. So life is going to happen. How you respond to it, what you decide to make out of it, who you decide to be in the face of it is how you choose what neuro pathways you want to engage in that you want to strengthen. Yeah. I love it. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. I want to dive into this a little bit more when we come back with Dominique Drew. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back and we're going to talk a little bit more about diving into choosing your neuro pathways. Because I think that that's <laughs> fascinating. But I really want to like cling on to this authenticity thing because I think what you're saying is your authentic self does not hold on to these past beliefs. So that's what you're trying to get to, right? You're trying to get to the reality of self rather than the mishmash of beliefs that you're having, which isn't really the self that you are. Right. You're looking for the authentic self, who you actually are, as opposed to who you think you are. Right. Or who other people think you are. Oh, so how do we see the difference? I did an entire week on this in my new program. I'm so excited because my old program actually didn't have anything on this. And it's about recognizing the inauthenticity. So where are you arguing with reality in this moment? Where am I arguing? Mm-hmm. With reality in this moment. Where are you making little... Uh, maybe you hear it as like a should in your head. Oh, I should be thinner. Oh, I should sit a certain way so that they can't see blank. I should be younger. I should be thinner. I should be... More successful. I should be doing what everybody else is doing. I should be checking on social media. I'm trying to fill in for Kristen. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm super successful. You I should be I should nicer. Be I should be more patient with my co-host. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that was you talking for you. Right. right, right. 
<laughs> so it's it's this incredible and once you start to see these areas if you can in that moment you recognize the inauthenticity mm-hmm. right i really actually wanted to talk to that woman but then i got scared okay cool so once you recognize the inauthenticity you recognize the reality right are you really angry all the time about the dating world or are you actually really afraid that you're going to end up alone and that feels a little too real a little too vulnerable and so I'm going to go into into anger instead. There you're arguing with reality. What really needs to come through you in that moment is, oh my God, I'm so fucking scared. I'm going to be alone forever. And you, if you can, you stay in the moment. You let that feeling come through you because that's the authentic expression of yourself in the moment. That's, that's your authentic self. Now you're connecting to your authentic self. Big wave of emotion. Stick with it. Stay there. And then the emotion goes. And if you keep doing that, Eventually, all the BS will clear through you because it's trying to clear through you. You're just stopping denying it or avoiding it. Exactly, stop. Yeah, you just it. need some muesli or some fiber. Push it through. Yeah, poop it just out. Get rid yeah. of it. Yeah, this is a big constipation. It so really is. shit in your brain. It's literally a giant shit in your actual brain mm-hmm. that you're trying you're to shit out. Away. It's just getting blocked up inside right. you, and staying there as a big old log. Right, yeah. there's not a so- big enough hole for it. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this podcast has something that is keeping them backed up. In backed up. I was trying to think of like some correlation. Backed up. I did want to transition the conversation a little bit to what we were talking about before we started recording the show. It is tied to this in some way, for sure, because it's definitely tied to a core belief of Kristen's. But it may seem strange to transition to this for the audience. But before we started the show, Kristen had asked the question for both myself and Dominie, how do we deal with clients of ours becoming a little bit too clingy and misunderstanding what our relationship actually is? And I guess going into the space of pursuing us rather than coming to us for coaching, which is very interesting because I thought it would be helpful for guys to listen to how we talk about this as women because when advances are not welcomed, it does create this fear space for people, but for women especially. Like, So Kristen, if you want to maybe dive into the topic that you were discussing without being too specific about who you were talking about, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, talk about it. And then we can give our perspective on how that feels as women, just so that guys get a better understanding. Well, like Dominique was just saying, with the authentic self, you have to step back and ask yourself what you're actually looking for. So when someone's working with one of us, they may think, I really like this person. I really like my coach. She's awesome. She's so cool. That's what I want. But they're not really looking at their authentic self. They're looking at an image of what they've kind of created in their minds. Who they think we are. Right. And so I have one person specifically who has definitely created a certain person in their mind. They don't really know me. We would actually disagree on 99.9% of topics. And, uh, And yet he... Has this stalker like quality in the way he's pursuing me. So I think the problem is the authentic part. They're not not really aware of what they actually want. But then the other part is is that they're not, um, it's almost like an avoidance of they came to us for dating help. We're the easiest thing right there. So it's almost like an avoidance of doing the work to actually get who you want. That's interesting. But I'm realizing with the guys that have kind of transitioned into this, what the key or what the similarity is between all of them 
is they don't listen. They do not listen. And so I was in an acting class years ago. Obviously, I failed miserably because I didn't win an Oscar yet. (laughs) But in that class, the teacher taught to not act, but react. And in order to react, you have to listen to what the other person gives you. So whether or not that you know that entire script and you know what line is coming, don't plan and act, but react and listen to what they actually give you. So when I or Marnie or Domini give something to a guy and they keep resisting it and just going with the direction they've planned on going and that they had stuck in their head, they end up being really creepy. And so it happens on a level of this, which is more stalkery, but then also happens on a level of just day-to-day dating. When a girl puts something out there and a guy's so fixated on wanting to call her pretty or beautiful that he misses what she says and they just jump to their end goal. Mm. I mean, I could keep going, but... No, but I'd love to hear what Domini has to say about this because that is a pattern for a lot of guys where either they're not listening... Actually, I'm not even going to give any input. I'd love to hear what you have to say about situations like this. And remember to also help the guys who may be in this position, but who may not be aware that they're doing this. Right. And I think just the listening thing is exactly what you said. It's funny, the the guys that I know who tend to come to me tend to be the opposite. And they're really afraid of being what you're describing. They won't even approach a woman because they'll assume that they're being creepy or disrespectful. And in that way, they sabotage themselves. And so. For those folks, I say, it's not your job to guess what our boundaries are. It's not. You might come up and I might think you're creepy or you might come up and I might think you're the love of my life. You cannot possibly know which one it's going to be. I don't even know which one it's going to be. It totally depends. It is, however, your job to respect any boundary that I set. Right. So if I say no or not now or please don't talk to me via email because I'm your coach, then that needs to be respected, period. But you don't need to guess what that's going to be because a lot more men, and I realize I'm, I'm speaking about the opposite of what you're saying, but I get this all the time. So I just want to take a shout out there because a lot of men are petrified of being creepy and right. they don't even know what we think is creepy and what isn't. And how could they? Because probably you have three different definitions of what that is here on the podcast. So like they're fighting an uphill battle. There's, there's no way to win. On the other side of that, men who are pushing through and utterly disrespecting and not paying attention, that's like manic. If I'm laying down a clear boundary, and that's a big if. I said this, the very first thing I got on and Kristen was talking about this this issue. And I said, did you set a boundary? Right? Did you say no? Because I think a lot of miscommunication happens because we get a little uncomfortable. And sometimes we don't get that vocal when we get uncomfortable. We're kind of like, I don't really like this. Or all like, physically, my body will kind of clam up. And a man might be so nervous approaching us, he probably doesn't notice all of those things. It would be great if he did. But he may not. Not everybody understands body language. That's a subtle level that a lot of people miss. We must use our words. We need to say, please don't do this anymore. If that boundary is clearly set, which with Kristen, it was, and it was done well. It was done as well as necessary. Obviously, I do everything really well. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Clearly, it was perfect. So it's Mm -hmm. on them. And at that Mm -hmm. point, they're going to start getting blocked. They're going to start... Kristen, you just nailed a really profound spiritual concept, actually, in, the, in your little story there, which is like allowing life to come to you. It, acting is a little bit different because you do know the next line, but like you don't know what she's going to say next. Stay in the moment. This, again, is completely solved if you can sit and tolerate yourself in the moment. Because in order to receive the other, in order to listen, and I teach active listening in my coaching, which is like listening with your entire body. 
right? And you can learn this by like having a conversation with somebody and one person speaks for two minutes and the other person says nothing and doesn't react in any way, shape or form. And you can see how difficult it is not to like nod or be like, oh my God, yeah, me too. And it's like, when if you think about it, if you say, yeah, me too, if I say, yeah, me too, in the middle of your story, Kristen, like I just made that about me. I literally just took something from you. You're sitting here having this beautiful, having experience and sharing something you want to communicate with me. And I shut off the receptiveness Although it seems like I'm being friendly, I'm trying to be friendly, but what I'm really doing is shutting off the receptiveness, saying no to you, and instead inserting my experience, flattening yours, and then maybe I open back up again. That's what I do. Just kidding. See what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) I was projecting, but everybody does that. But that's actually really interesting. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to say was that I think guys get confused because they're taught by whether it's through our podcast or through pickup artists, that persistence can win a girl over. And it's not just a modern day thing. You hear stories from our grandparents and our parents who are like, she wouldn't give me the time of day and I just annoyed her and then she fell for me and now we have eight kids and I hate my life. (laughs) So I think guys don't know when that stops, like when the charm train leaves the station. And so this guy, I don't think this guy who I'm experiencing this with right now is mentally stable. But for people who are mentally stable, I don't think it's that difficult to see when it goes away. But how can a guy actually know like, okay, I've gone from pursuing and being charming and cheeky and flirtatious about how much I like her and I'm going to keep going until she just gives me the time of day to I'm a psychopath stalker. Like, where's that line? I'm going to be real. That's more of a Marnie question because that has to do with like the behavioral reactions, like how she reacts when she says no, whether she means it or not. In my world, it is our job as females to make that answer clear. And if that answer changes later, you can go back to that guy. But I wouldn't know how to tell a guy to know when no means no or when no doesn't mean no. I also know that shifts a lot culturally. In some cultures, they expect you to tell them to go to hell. That doesn't actually mean no. Right? Right. So it becomes very confusing. Yeah, exactly. Very confusing. We can have a whole episode dedicated towards this because I think it's a big topic to discuss and I would want to hear multiple perspectives on that. Yeah. The short answer that I give to most men is you can actively pursue when it is clear that something from her is also actively pursuing you, meaning in some way you sense that she's still trying to select you so that she's not being completely standoffish, arms closed, no reaction to your text, no emotion in her face. Like if it is a, I'm not interested, please leave me alone in a stern way, no open ending, like nothing to give a little bit of hope, then you stop pursuing. But if it is, yeah, like I'm not really interested right now, or I'm still being nice to you and still hanging out with you, you can still try different things to pursue. But at a certain point, you have to gain your own self-respect and say like, okay, this is it. I've been doing this for three years. This girl is not going to change her tune. I would never advise. Maybe like before like two and three quarter years before that, maybe. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I would say always like three months. Give something three months. If you think that there's something there, if you feel it in your gut that she's really for you, you have a strong connection, then you can continue pursuing and trying different things to get her attention. But after that, if she's still like, I'm not into you, I don't feel that way about you. It's never going to shift unless you cut those ties. Yeah. And I also think listening for formal language 
like a guy that I somewhat was comfortable with and cool with, even though I wasn't like super into necessarily, I'd be like, oh, I'm, you know, I don't know. But with like this guy specifically, my language is almost like I'm in a business meeting. Please stop contacting me. I am not interested. Please don't make me Yeah, this is also a different situation because you're talking about a professional relationship. In no way are there any fuzzy lines here. In no way are you to pursue your coach or someone that you have. What's really freaky about the specific situation is the language in, in which he's using with me in emails or in other facets until I blocked him. But it's a language that we have been together. We are a couple and we need to work on things. Yeah, that's, mentally un- that's mentally unstable. So then now it's very scary. And obviously, most men won't get to that point. And I think they'd bow out before they did. And the ones who do aren't listening to this podcast for advice. Right. I almost want to just put out like a red flag here if you guys don't mind because this conversation is for a very small set of people. I don't want to freak out the other people who actually do right. to like listen and to like are and... women out. Women are not that easy to freak out. Okay? Like don't not approach or don't use this as fodder to make yourself more shy and anxious when she sets a boundary of any kind. I would say respect it. And then if she's saying no and meaning yes, that bitch needs to come to me for clearing some of her images because she's mm-hmm. self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. Oh. just came up to her and she missed it. <laughs> but we don't really scare easily. And you're right. Because this has been going on for months. Months and months and, and months. I haven't you, said anything. At the beginning, you would still be polite and nice. And you do it with a smile and gritted teeth and pull back slowly on what you're giving to that person. So it does become right. quite confusing for other individuals. So it is hard. So I, I love what Dominique was saying. If there were lots of women listening to this show, I would always say clear communication. That is the only way yes. to state your boundaries clearly to another person is by verbalizing them and then having your body language and tonality follow suit to what your words are saying. That is the clearest way to state a boundary. We're going to wrap up the show, but I think I could talk to you guys for hours about this. I think Kristen will be signing up for some sessions with you because (laughs) (laughs) you are wonderful. I want guys to go do some work with you. The only concern I have is that all these guys are going to get so clear and then go out and interact with women who are just a total mess. Like, (laughs) and just come come up against these women's insecurities and and own beliefs. But anyways, then they can do the work together. But how do people get in touch with you? When can they sign up for this 12-week program of yours? This is probably going to go up in about a month. So if it's going to be done by that point, then tell people how to get in contact and sign up for the program. Absolutely. So the program is starting very soon. And it is actually really heavily discounted. It's more than half off right now. And so highly recommend checking in with me. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me at dominiedrew.com. Just send a message right to my contact page. That is the best way to get a hold of me. I'm also on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And, and I'm going to include links below. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So follow any of those links. That's directly to me. Even if you're not sure, if you think it might be for you, but you're not really entirely sure, just reach out. We can hop on a call. I get on a free call with people and we'll see if we're a good fit. And even if we're not, you get a lot of clarity out of that call. So it's incredibly valuable. So don't wonderful. hesitate. All right. That's fantastic. Christian just wrote to me saying, and my computer went to black. Okay, she is off the show. We don't need her anyway. But thank you again so much for doing this call. You're wonderful. And I hope that everybody does sign up for this program because I think it's fantastic. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please, please, please go and subscribe to our show. Don't waste your time downloading individual episodes. You could be using that time to meet women. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. Bye. 